This, 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 this is mythical. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we are hearing from Link and his three-year update on where he stands spiritually. <laughs> it's all about me today, baby. <laughs> Man, you know what? I'm happy to be doing this. In previous years, I didn't, I didn't think I was happy to be doing this at the time. But I'll tell you, you man. You would tell me as much. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of on top of the world right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> on top of my little world. My own mm. little link uh, molehill. Okay. You know? I'm just uh, feeling good, uh, very happy, and I'm, I'm ready to share some stuff that I've written in my journal. Oh, wow. I've written in my journal. What do you think of my handwriting? You can pick it out from, you can pick it out from a mile away, couldn't you? Uh, yeah. I could definitely pick out your handwriting. It's amazing how it hasn't changed, you know, since like, you know, back when we used to write, like in high school, even mine college. Cha mine changed in college. And, and solidified. Oh, I can still pick it out, man. I, it's no, like no, a, I'm it's saying like that signature. I wrote in cursive in high school. And oh, I yeah. cannot write in cursive if you ask me to. I have some sort of a hybrid here. I don't know. If I get real excited, it gets real jumbly. And I got really excited in some of the stuff that uh, I want to share with you today. Uh, I'm excited to hear. Yeah, this is, this, this is good. First of all, yesterday, I uh, hit a milestone that just kind of, things were just going great, and then- 15,000 steps. Something just put it over the top. I got back on my bike oh. for the first time since my injury, Oy, man. I don't know how we feel about that. Yeah, Christy was like, I was, leaving, I was like, I'm, I'm going to get on my bike. She was like, she gave me this look. She was like, you come back with the same number of pieces that you left in, Did was you, the look. Uh, was there- I took any it difference in uh, protective gear, any difference in route, any difference in approach? Yep. Um, Are you in a bubble now? Less protective gear. Are you, You're no longer on a bike, you're just in one of those bubbles rolling no. down the mountain? Uh, not as much protective gear. I just wore a helmet. I didn't wear any of my pads. Cause I'm like, I gotta ease back into it. This is, okay, all right. Yeah, it's counterintuitive, isn't it? Uh-huh. Well, because maybe the pads give you a false sense of security. No, I just, um, I'm not in, I, my fitness level is not to the point where I'm gonna do stuff that um, 
I'm going to fall, I'm pretty sure. Mm. So, you know, I did some, it was more on the flat side of things. There was a little bit of, you know, I went around the dam, and there's a couple of places where there's some single track, because I was trying to figure out if my, like the shock to the shoulders, like the bumpiness, like, you know, I got the, I got the suspension in the front, but a lot of that's still in your arms. And Do you like, feel anything uh, in that shoulder? Yeah, it's still, it's still tight and not comfortable exactly, but um, I think the bone is pretty much healed. I, last time I went to the doctor, he was like, you know, give it four more weeks and you should have complete reunion of the bone. And so I'll have you come back and we'll do another x-ray. And I was like, do we really need to do that? And he was like, I'm fine with you not coming back if you don't want to come back. And, and how I'm many like, weeks ago was that? Uh, four weeks ago. So now I should, as of like few, two, a couple of days ago, it should be totally fixed. And there's no reason to think that it, that it wouldn't be. There will so, come a time in which I just didn't want to go there, get an x-ray. You don't think about it anymore. Spend a couple of hours. Yeah, and I'm, I've been going to physical therapy. I've been, you know. But it's going to be completely out, out of your Jane. mind at some point. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That, Jane has given me lots of confidence. She's my PT guru. Um, she's helping me invite things to the party. Remember, inviting my ribs to the party. That's her. Oh, the same woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's great. Is she inviting your shoulder to the party? Yeah, yeah. She 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 said she was very proud of me, mm. and that made me feel good. But just getting back out there and then having something that like okay now. The thing that I'm working towards is getting back in that spot where I, like climbing the mountain where I, you know, took the tumble and broke myself. I want to be able to get back there. And it's, it's, there's a certain fitness level to be able to get up the mountain and then enjoy the breeze in my hair, my, not my hair, because I have a helmet, but in my face. You know exactly where back the down spot that mountain. is? I think I will, yeah. Put across there? <laughs> I didn't die, dude. Yeah, I might, I might get off and pour one out, you know. Mm-hmm. Pour one out for the for the old bump in my right shoulder that's now a little less of a bump. But it, I mean, yeah, so yesterday was really a milestone moment for me to be on my bike. And as you'll see in a, in a lot of what I'm talking about today, just trying to acknowledge the, the moments, the special moments in my life, you know? If this is all there is, uh... Boy, I'm grateful for it because I really am hashtag blessed. Hmm. I'm really, I you know, I'm really grateful. We got we got a lot of good stuff to be grateful for. Agreed. You know. Um. So I just wanted I want to savor those moments. And yesterday, being back on the bike, there was a little bit of nervousness, but it was definitely, you know, that was um like eleven or twelve weeks to not do something that's that special to me was like, I really missed it. So it like, I just kind of, I wallered like a pig in that in that mud, you know, just like, mm, man, this feels good. Mm. This feels good mm-hmm. right now, right now, and right now, and right now, wow, really, and right now. Really in the moments. And right now. In multiple moments. <laughs> um. So yeah, I just want to I just want to share my mindset on stuff 
and um, I feel like this is I feel like this is going to be a happy time. I hope you catch some of it as you're listening. I hope you um, I hope it makes you happier. You know, if you care about me, um, then this is also for you. You know, I'm sharing I'm sharing I'm sharing my happiness with you today in this podcast. So if you got anything you want to promote, get it out of the way now. Because once do. it once this happy train starts really rolling, I don't think it's gonna stop. This is pretty happy. I'm happy to announce uh, that the February pen of the month, that's something that we started this year that has made a lot of people happy. People loving it. Uh, the February pen of the month is Cartographer Chase's dart hat. Well, it's, it's my it, dart. It's yeah, his hat. So it's his uh, cartographer hat, which I don't really think car- cartographers wear a hat. You know, we it's it is more of a safari hat, and our cartographer does wear the hat. I think cartographers are like inside drawing maps. I don't think so. Not, Maybe in not the old first. days they went out and oh, they, yeah. they they did that. Oh yeah. Um, yes, it's another it's another pen. It's another month. Uh, we're doing this as a pre-sale now because these pens were so popular. The, you know, we did like a limited amount in January. They sold out before most of you had the opportunity to even learn that this was a thing. So we changed it up a little bit, showing you some love uh, with a pre-sale, but those pre-sales only last uh, for a day, and that is today, uh, February 20th, if you're listening on February 20th. So each month we're gonna be doing limited qualities, uh, qualities, no, very high quality, (laughs) but uh, limited quantities. But the limited quantity is determined by this window of time in which you can act, okay? So go to mythical.com and act on your impulse and get yourself the latest pen. Get all the pens this year. Yeah, it's a collectible. Collect them all. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When we first started talking about our our spiritual journeys, it it was very much like that buzzword of like deconstruction and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like breaking breaking things down from my um, evangelical upbringing that I've discovered that I would be better off shedding. I mean, v- very specifically, just like guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. Like this perceived um, constant judgment, whether it comes from God or from, you know, um, people that I respect. Um, and, and I think most constantly myself, mm-hmm. my inner critic, if you want to call it. Um, and as I've, as I mentioned at the end of, last year like therapy's been really good for me over the past year like it's just really started to click into place um with with my therapist and things are going really great there and one of the exercises that we've worked on is just um 
discussing it, unpacking it, but also kind of getting in my body with it and breathing, have a breathing exercise where I breathe in self-compassion and I breathe out self-judgment. Discovering that it, it, it kept coming up so much that I was so hard on myself. So um, it was so ingrained that, yeah, my default position is, is bad. I'm a bad, I'm, I'm bad at my core. Hmm. Um, and it just permeated so much of how I lived my life, how I felt and how I held myself. Um, so it was a great, like non, again, when, you, when, it's, when it's associated with your breath, I, I think I'm coming to learn that like it kind of, it's less about like um, rational brain conclusion stuff mm-hmm. and more about, I don't know, you call it heart, body kind of, um, things releasing that didn't reside fully just in what I would call my my brain and my head. So breathing in compassion, breathing out judgment, and it's it's just been a very good exercise, like literally something that we would go back to many weeks in a row to maybe skip a couple of them didn't find myself coming back to that exercise. So that's just something that I'm doing more of. It, it, it really helps. It's been really helping me. And I think that I'm just done. I'm with, with the deconstruction term. I don't think I'm done unpacking the things that I need to, those, the things that are like lurking in some suitcases that I need to let go of. By the way, and I always like to say this, like, I just don't, I don't want to just give this impression that like, I'm trashing my entire upbringing and my former belief system and just throwing it all out. Uh, I cherish so much about that. And I've said that before, and so I'm just saying it again right now. Like I'm, there's there's parts of what, of how that's built me that uh, are beautiful, meaningful, and uh, I never want to let go of. Mm-hmm. But the way that me specifically, I the like that the way that I'm made up, everything about me, and my how I interacted with my environment and. You know, it's it. Th- there was this equation of that. It was just kind of like beating myself down for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, it's just this alchemy of. It's, I'm. I'm not going to put it all on the church. I'm not going to put it all on myself. It's this alchemy of all of those things that, like, and some of that I'm continuing to un- find and unpack. Uh, so I'm not done with that process, but I'm, but I'm done with like, I, I think I'm at a point where it's like, it's not the main thing that I'm focusing on anymore. 
it's not the main thing that I need to focus on. Like the, the huge things that I've taken out of the suitcase in terms of shame and guilt and self-judgment, you know, I've, I've taken them out. I'm looking at them. And I think, I know that it's like at the correct pace, at the natural pace that it should happen is dissolving. It's dissipating. Mm-hmm. So I'm left with um, more of a where do I, where do I, where do I go? What am I putting in that suitcase of me? Mm-hmm. I guess to follow that analogy, right? Um, so I'm done with the. I'm done with saying I'm deconstructing. I can't even remember what I said last year. I might have said the same thing last year. It doesn't matter. I think that it's, you know, it's, I'm, I'm closer to, uh, I don't know, there's just a different, I'm going to say energy. There, there's like, there's a different vibe to just um, dealing with things that are inside of you and like cl- cleaning it up or uh, working through it than um, becoming more, receiving things, being more open and moving forward, you yeah. know? So- Construction. Construction, a little bit of construction. Or should I say construction? Construction. Um, okay, so let's talk about this construction. I think my spiritual practice right now is, I, is resolving to know nothing. Mm. Like for me, I just, that's just not, I'm just not interested in that. I'm just not interested in it. Now, when you talk to me about your journey, I'm interested, uh, I'm interested in that conversation. Like last week, everything that you talked about, I was very interested in it for you. It's not like, I don't want to hear about that. But like when it comes to like my special inner, inner process for me, uh, I'm at this point where I'm like, I don't need to figure anything out because I still have, the reason why I've hated doing these, and or had, not hated, but had trepidation approaching these, these podcasts every year is that I feel like I gotta have something to show. Mm-hmm. You know, I gotta, there, there's some external that I'm answering to. Mm. And I'm just in a place right now where it's like, mm, nope, no, I don't, I don't, I'm totally okay with what's going on with me, and I'm not saying any of this. I'm, I'm really trying to catch myself any moment that I start to think how anybody could take it. And instead, just saying, I'm not, the main way that I interact with the world is not like, I don't, I, I, I don't have, my brain doesn't work in a way where like I I like dig into something and then I got something powerful to say about it. I'm and I think w- but what I do have and realizing who I am and what how I can love myself and how I can how I want to be in this world is something that I'll get to, but it's different than that for me. So it's get, letting myself off the hook to say officially I, re- I resolve to to know nothing, to have no uh, 
um, defense, hmm. like v- a verbal defense for 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 my belief to have some coherent uh, worldview where someone would say, "What a cogent boy is he!" Hmm. You know, it's just. Uh, that's just another level of pressure and it just invites a lot of self-judgment, you know, that I'm not something that I feel like I should be, should, should, should. Mm-hmm. But I am I am what I am and uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be who, I'm gonna be who I am and I'm gonna see where that goes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of this is making any sense. What do you hear me saying? Um. I hear you saying that you are discovering uh, or embracing who you are and that there is a, um, all you can do is be the best you that you can be. And you're kind of figuring out what that, what that looks like. Yeah, I think I can get into some specifics that I'll like flesh it out a little bit more. Um, I, you know, it's having some certain tenets, like being present, receiving love, giving love. Like um, when I feel like I'm in like, when I feel like I'm in my sweet spot, uh, spiritually or in in any way, f- physically, when I'm when I feel like vibrant and healthy, the thing that I find myself saying is, "I got love to give." Mm-hmm. If you if you want it, here it is. Like that. I mean, I just feel like there's something uh, when when I'm in that zone. It's it kind of feels magical, and it's and it's and it's beautifully simple, and that's that's what I say. I got I found myself having love to give, not and nothing feels better. There's a lot of things that feel good, but like that feels really good. That's definitely up there. That's definitely up there in terms of like like having this secure sense of being of be, of being okay of being uh good uh that's that's how it comes out that's how it comes out of my mouth i got love to give maybe i'll tattoo that on my body in elvish <laughs> in elvish everything's got to be in elvish <laughs> but i got to get a child to do it too you know one of <laughs> one of my children <laughs> Me and Lily have El- an Elvis tattoo on our arm. If you don't know, that's what I'm referring to. So every time I get an Elvis tattoo on my body, I got to get a child no, somewhere don't. in the you, world. You don't to also get. I'll, I got. I got to get one of my offspring to also get it on their body. It's kind of no. Like I don't. Tom right. shoes. <laughs> yeah, it's like Tom shoes or Bumba's socks. I want to keep it simple, man. Hey, you know what? I. You know what? I, I'll put it this way. I, I'm gonna. Uh, I am just. I'm gonna. I'm inventing my own religion. Okay. Uh oh. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm doing this. I'm inventing my own religion. It's just for me. 
Uh-oh. And if you don't want to hear it, don't listen, because I'm about to tell you about the religion that I'm inventing that's just for me. Oh, God. It's not for you. It's not for anybody else. It can only be for me. Mm. It can't be for anybody else, because it's just something that I'm inventing just for me. I don't want you to take any of it, unless you, I don't care if you take any of it, but like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I'm, and it's real simple. I've written in my journal. I, and I don't know what I'm gonna call it, but it's, it's an animal religion. And it's, I am, I'm not, wor- and it's my animals. And I'm not worshiping my animals, but I'm taking inspiration from my animals to, for my spiritual practice. Mm. I won't call it a religion, spiritual practice. That's good. That sounds better. So I've got a channeling my animals. Channeling, that doesn't sound right either, because that sounds, because when you channel something, you're like speaking for them. I think I'm, I'm allowing my animals to inspire me. So I would like to take you through my animals. Okay. And what I'm learning from each of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then maybe I'll come up with a name for it, for this uh, new s- spirituality. I got to start with Jade. No, this is Jasper. Jasper, you got to go. He doesn't get a start. Ear Biscuits is supported by Live Nation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, yeah. Alanis Morissette, okay. Cage the Elephant. Why not? Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer. Peso Pluma? Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Nope. Jay. Jade. I don't think this is the type of thing I'm gonna travel to youth groups and teach. It's well, just for me. Don't speak so fast. Could be kind of awesome. Could though. be good money in it. Is this part of it? This is part of it. Jade is teaching me to just sit in it. Whatever it is, just sit in it. She knows how to curl up in the warm spots and just be there. She knows how to receive love. And she knows how to give love. And it's simple, like she'll just curl up Receiving love and giving love happen at the same time with her. I've been, I don't, I don't know what it is this year, but I've like, I've just been obsessed with my doggies. 
It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I love my dog so much. It's just crazy. I think getting Jade's face on my arm, it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think it like it solidified something in me that was like, I don't know what it means about me that I have my living dog's face on my forearm, but I know that it is, the, is a representation of me. Like I know that it means me, but I can't tell you exactly what it means. Thank you, Jay. I'm not worshiping you. I'm just being inspired by you. Mm, yeah, there's a difference. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to. You know, I'm. We're blessed by being loved by a lot of people, like as fans. You know, but also in in our personal lives, like. And there's a difference between like j just having that and and receiving it. Like, there's just a magic to, like, saying, I'm going to sit, I'm going to receive love. Like, somebody, like, Lando comes up to me, and he just wants to give me a hug. And there's, like, oh, I'm going to hug you back because I love you. But then there's a type of hug where there's, like, something's being transferred, yeah. Um, does this sound weird? I don't know. It's just like well, yes. You can but, be in a I mean, moment where matter. it's like, okay, I'm gonna. And for me, it still is a lot of breathing. Like if, if you if you hug me, there might be like a deep breath, like a like a last breath. Like oh, did he just die? Like that's when you. That's when it gets real good. Um, and I think that when I when I sit with. Jade, that's 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 what I'm reminded of. That like it can, it can be simple. It can be it can be boiled down to something that simple as like curling up in the now and being loved, which directly f fuels. It's it's like a cycle. Then you're you're giving love, you're getting love. That's Jade. <laughs> Go away, Jade. Come here, Jasper. Me and Jasper have been taking some good walks. Sometimes Jade's invited, but usually she's not. Do you profess that you are a sinner? It does feel... <laughs> it feels like I'm going <laughs> to baptize him. It does feel a little religious. <gasps> Ceremonial. Jasper. Uh... Jasper inspires me. He's not as comfortable as Jade right now. Get comfortable. He likes to be held in a different way. He His legs to, are too he long. He likes to be held like this. Um, <laughs> Jasper has this enthusiasm for beautiful stuff. Oh, that bird. I'm going to chase that bird because it's beautiful. Not because I want to eat it, or there's some sort of instinct, but the root. But no, I don't know why he does it. But I get so much joy from uh, 
because I found this place where I can safely let him off the leash that's like completely contained. And we go to this spot and it's just, he just has this enthusiasm that is contagious and this curiosity that is um, inspiring. So he doesn't, there's a lot that he doesn't know. He doesn't, he doesn't have a lot figured out. And he, I don't, he doesn't care at all. <laughs> he doesn't care because when he goes for a walk, he's just like enthusiastically soaking it in like a sponge. And there's always somewhere you can look to be to find something worth taking in. And he's he's really good at that. Uh, he also likes to like pee on stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. Is that um, part of it? That's because I, I might be interested. That's not part of it. And it, you know, it's just, um, being with my dogs is so fun for me and it's so life-giving. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm constructing a spiritual practice around it that grounds me. Is really all I'm saying, you know. It's um, and a lot of it is just, you know, it's that the times when I'm alone. There's a lot of times when I'm just sitting or doing something, and it's just I got I got both the dogs, so I got both of those reminders. Good boy. I also have a cat. Hmm. Um, Saka. Saka is. Um, he's really, he's, he's coming, he's coming around. Like we're trying to get Jade to, we're, we're not allowing Jade to run Sokka off as much. And he's coming around more and communing with, with, uh, with us and receiving more scritches. Um, but the thing, the thing about Sokka is I just, he's so fun to watch, like, the best thing about a cat that I've found so far is that it's just, they're fun to spectate. Um, so there's not, it's not an up close and personal connection, but the things that I'm learning from Sokka is the the power of being quiet. You know, one of the things that I'm working on is, uh, still working on is like uh, listening, not interrupting in conversations. <laughs> Uh, and so Saka is, is kind of a, it, he kind of grounds me in that. Like, he's really good at being quiet. I mean, he's sneaky. Uh, but the, I think that ties into like um, the more powerful thing that I'm getting from Saka is the fact that he's, he seems so centered. Like, not, Maybe he's self-centered. Maybe you could say that. And that's not really what I'm f- focusing on, but just being centered. I think for me, not completely defining myself based on external relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, this definitely comes home to roost for me in terms of that judgment thing where it's, I'm being watched. You know, there was my entire upbringing, there was this sense of I'm being watched. 
and I need that external approval, you know, from God. Every night I need to, I got to find the things to confess, you know, I've got to, I've got to clear the air, you know, uh, I've got to spiritually breathe out my sins and receive forgiveness and love from the Holy Spirit. That, I mean, I, that, that never worked for me back then. So now it's, it's a cat religion. <laughs> I'm trying to just accept that I, it, it's been really hard to convince myself that I'm a good person. It's been really, really hard to do that. And it's, uh, you know, uh, I discovered that therapy for me, like the way that I approached therapy was I just wanted my therapist to tell me that I was okay, that I was good. I wanted my therapist to do things that a therapist is not supposed to do. And, di- and, di- and thankfully, he hasn't done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked, I looked to, you know, I... Uh, Sometimes I put Christy in a tough position, and um, you know it's one thing to ask uh, where it's I need I need you to determine if I am you know my center is like outside of myself. I need I need to be validated. You know it's it's one thing to have like a deep conversation with you and ask you for advice and like get your input, but like. Um, and that's good, but it's another thing to uh, get you to certify something about me that I think I have to, I, that I've I've needed to find for myself. And I think I think I'm I think I'm doing a I think I'm doing a better job of that of saying okay. I know I'm getting to know myself in a in a new way and kind of a maybe a deeper level I don't know in uh, um and finding some finding some security in that you know that it's it's not about like I said at the beginning of this like even to uh our audience, like prove, like saying something that makes them feel a certain way about me, coming to some conclusion about me so that then when I see it in the comments, it validates what I hope is true about me. <laughs> you know, mm. that's not, um, that's not what Sokka does, you know? So I, I've just found that it's just, it's this beautiful creature in my house that can can bring me back to that. Who... Who am I? Who do I want to be? What are what are my reasons for myself? They don't have to be shared with anybody necessarily. I even have a healthy separation from, you know, some people might talk about there's like codependence at play here. I don't know the terms, you know. But it's like having a healthy separation where where I end and Christy begins, you know? Where I end and you begin in in our relationship, um, 
and it's I am seeing that that's there's like a it's very freeing to to do that like when I find myself that's like centered where my I'm not giving somebody else power to dictate what I think about myself it it gives me a freedom to be present and to not only love people but also enjoy um enjoy other people's moments uh and especially like in in for us like when so so much of everything has both of our names on it like i've found that those the moments when i feel the most centered i and i i feel this level of security that like um I in like I enjoy where I've stopped and you've started and kind of spectating that in your work. Um and that's that just feels really good, you know? Um so the cat brings me back to that. I, I think I need more animals. Well that know? was I was gonna ask you because that. that's all I got. Because in it, terms of animals. Because it feels like the I think that may be all I need. The though. inevitable outcome of practicing this religion is that <laughs> you're gonna become one of those houses that's like a zoo. <laughs> and they all they have, and this one does this for me. And this one does this for me. <laughs> well, well, just the other day I heard Christy talking to you about some litter of puppies that somebody had. That was like, well, no, it was a bunch of puppies they were walking around with in the neighborhood or something. I just can't, I, I, I don't know. We're in a holding pattern. I can't, it's not gonna happen because I can't. Well, can you learn things from other animals? Yeah, I can. I bet you I can learn some stuff from your animals. Well, no, well, not just other people's animals, but you could also go to the zoo. <laughs> it's like who is this man that has an annual pass to the zoo that just comes and sits every in day of, in front of the ostriches? Right. What are you doing, sir? I'm learning from the ostriches. He, I, he I dresses weird, but it's for totally other reasons. You could just observe uh, other animals, and then, and you well, but then, you know what? Actually, I think I've just developed a theory. Um, you know, every once in a while, so probably every day, if not every week or month, there is someone in the world who enters an enclosure at a zoo. And I believe those oh. people are independently practicing your religion. Now it makes like, total why, sense. Why did this guy go into the the lion exhibit? Because he's practicing linkism. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I can only get learn so much from this lion by sitting here on this bench next to this grandma who doesn't even want to be here. I must stroke his mane. And then next thing you know, you're in the moat. <laughs> and then Harambe is bringing you <laughs> up and embracing you. <laughs> Uh, that could be your future. You're gonna have to leash me at the zoo. <laughs> Red, I'm ready to go to the zoo again. You could also be a nature nature photographer yeah. or a bird watcher. What can you learn from birds? Maybe that's what bird watchers have been doing all this time. Maybe. Yeah, I could do that. I could be that. To bring it back into the human realm, I was listening to Brene Brown interview at the end of last year, uh, Father Richard Rohr. Yeah. Um, he's a father of what? What is, what is it? Is he a? I think he's a Jesuit. I mean, he's a Catholic. Okay. 
And what is Brene Brown? She's a she's a Texan. I think she is a. I don't know. I think maybe deconstructed evangelical. Um, I'm not sure. She, she she's got a lot of good stuff to say. Uh, I'm not a you know. So I I I just found. Well, here's the one thing I wanted to highlight from their the part two of their December 2022 conversation. Um, she she asked him like, "What's the good word?" I don't even know what that question means. Apparently, he did. He was like, "I'm just spitballing here, like off the top of his head," and he said, uh, "I I'll I took a screenshot of the transcript." So he replied, he said, the good word is whatever, I'm just stabbing at this, but whatever points you toward what we call the three transcendentals in scholastic philosophy, the good, the true, and the beautiful. The good, the true, and the beautiful. If it points you toward those, it's a good word. And I'm going to read the second half of his quote in a second, but I just want to camp out there for a second. Like, the good, the true, and the beautiful. If it points you towards those, it's a good word. I just, it's, okay, I like, I, that's that's simple. That's like, just kind of like, you know, it's been, that's been cooking. That should boil down. That's one of those sauces that's just, that's a good tasting sauce, you know, that's like, you know, what's that pot of stuff you get the uh, the the pork contentsu, you know, it's like it's been boiling for a long time and it's just a simmering. And it's just okay. Easy simple. Maybe not easy, simple. I like that. The good it's kinda like the bold and the beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, the soap opera. Sort of. But there's only two of those. Yeah. The good, the true, and the beautiful. And if, you know, when I say, okay, so the true in that, like if I say, well, I resolve to not know anything. Well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'm willing to fudge a little bit. Like I'm, I'm willing to focus on things that I know are true, you know? I like how you talk about true stuff. I like how you talk about stuff that you've convinced that, that you, like, like okay, this is true. Like these are things, I've 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 nailed this stake into the into the solid into the solid place, and I'm going to hold on to it. This is so I'm convinced of this. Like, and there's I like I like it when you do that. I don't I don't do that much of that, but I acknowledge that. Oh, okay, if there's some if it's true, let's go let's go with it. If it's good, let's go with it. If it's beautiful, let's go with it. Um. But then he, he said an interesting thing, like right on the heels of it, off the top of his head. And again, Brene Brown, um, she's an author, she's a speaker, she's not funny. She is, well, she's funny, I but she can't well, I wouldn't call her a comedian, right? She's not a comedian. She has a great sense of humor. She's got a good sense of humor. But I don't think that accounts for why he would just go here. Maybe it was just for me. I don't that's think a, it, that's a healthy way to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it was, but I, I just do find it interesting. This is the next thing he says after he says the good, the true, and the beautiful. It points you towards those things. It's a good word. 
That's why I often think some comedy, some, is just teaching you how to be cynical. It doesn't point you towards the good, the true, and the beautiful. And I enjoy Seinfeld as much as the next person, but just when you go on for half an hour with cynical remarks about everything, you destroy the contemplative mind. You can't just see the good that's there, the true that's there. And Brene said, the beauty. Now we let Seinfeld's our favorite show of all time, right? Mm -hmm. And we're comedians. Some, so I'm some like, say. some might say, but I felt like it was just, it was weird that he used comedy as like the, as the one place that he could have gone, of all the places he could have gone to illustrate the good, the true, and the beautiful, he used comedy and he used Seinfeld. He, threw, he throws Seinfeld under the bus, even though he's a fan. And it, 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 along with a, a number of other things that have happened to me and to us and conversations we've had over the past few months, I'm picking up where your conversation left off last time, okay? Gaining a deeper appreciation for what, how our creative expression is a spiritual exercise and it has and how it touches people. I would never have said that what we do, and I'll put a lot of this just in terms of me, but like, and you know, I think so much of it applies to you too, but this is my podcast. <laughs> episode. Whoa, episode, <laughs> yeah, this episode. Um, I never would have said that what I do and the content that we make is medicine. Mm -hmm. That it's it that it has healing properties. But we've been told that for for years. I was in the hospital and I discovered you guys. I I made it through a tough time because of you guys. I you are my comfort viewing five days out of the week. You're my safe escape from the, what life is throwing at me right now. Um, or the thing that, the aspect of my life that I will never be able to get away from. There's like a, I actually do a little bit when I'm hanging out with you guys. And I feel like we've known that to 80%, but I feel like in the last, I don't know, in the last few weeks or so, I feel like we've gained just this deeper appreciation that kind of maybe take it to 95% of like, wow, uh, we've just, uh, what we thought was a byproduct of what we do might just have been the product the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's felt so good to realize that, to realize that, you know, if I've had a hard time just being convinced that, uh, that I'm a good person, well, it turns out that uh, it's been happening, that, that, that has, has, it's been true <laughs> all along. 
I think it's been true more and more because I do think I'm on a positive journey, you know? Um, so I'm just, I'm just extremely moved by the fact that what, what, we, what we're doing, it doesn't have the appearance of, um, you know, this groundbreaking, earth-shattering um, book or speech or... Um, but it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just as, it's been just as special to people. Like, I'm receiving, I'm receiving that love and I'm giving that, I, I, I feel like I have more confidence to just, just myself be as weird as me, you know? Mm -hmm. I, that, all of that stuff is just, I think it's coming together on a deeper level for me that's like, um, I, uh, the gifts that I have are gifts to give and it's, and, uh, I understand that we've been, I've been doing that. We've been doing that. And, but I understand it more now. So like, what does that mean? What does that mean for, for what's next? I, I, I feel very, uh, confirmed that, I'm in the right place, mm -hmm. you know, that I'm, that I'm doing the right work for me. And then it, you know, yeah. And then it comes out, uh, it feels so good that like it, then from that position, it comes out, it, it, it overflows in a way that like helps people reaches people. Um, well, I think that we, uh, we have been slow to realize that and embrace that, the, the fact that our work is medicine because that is not how entertainment in general is thought, that's never how I thought about entertainment, right? Yeah. I mean, not only do we create a business around entertainment, which like I talked about last week, sometimes business interests compromise the creative voice and the creative act, but also so much of uh, a lot of people's, inclination for creating something is to bring the attention to themselves. I mean, that's what we always talk about it. It's like, we just wanted to be the center of attention. Oh yeah. You know, and I think that is a big part of it. And that's a big part of it for a lot of people in comedy, not just being the center of attention, but also deflection and, you know, and putting on a shell and putting on a personality to not have to encounter pain or, or whatever. Um, and so because and, and then the reward system, the incentive is money and attention, validation that you're talking about, whether it be going to a list of, you know, a collection of comments and trying to garner your self-worth from what people say about you. There's a lot of incentives there that are, that distract 
from being able to just realize, even though yes, many people have told us this thing that you created, it wasn't about you create something so I can admire you and your talent or give you an award, yeah. but it literally is the creative act being experienced by someone else is in some ineffable way is healing. And I thought we, I think we both thought, right, for like we would look at, well, you know, if I watch stuff on HBO, I watch these scripted series or I watch these like these, these well-crafted movies and they like, they move you and they, they can change your mind and they can change your heart and they can make you cry and they can connect with your soul again, like plug into you. Like that's art. What we do is dumb. What we do is silly. What we do is is funny, and it's and it's 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 not it's not heavy, so it's not meaningful. It's not, and you know, we sit there and we we wanted we've been wanting to do that so bad. We want well, we want to tell stories, and we want you know because that's how you capture people and their their imagination and um, move people, and we want to we got to do that. So let's. Let's go after that, and then it's like. Meanwhile, all along we'd been we'd be, we were already doing it. We're already doing it. I'm not saying with, that we can't script something that we can't go after those things because it it still would be very fun. But like, if we ever did something like that again, it would be it wouldn't be for lack of already yeah doing it. Like I just have, I don't know. You know, we've been very we've been as close as you can be to what we're doing. So it's like, it's really hard to see from the inside out. Um, so I think when I look at our work, I've just been able to see it um, with fresh eyes and just, um, it's just by, it was just kind of coincidental that it happened. It wasn't, it wasn't planned. I just feel very fortunate that it, it happened and I don't, and I, and it's and I don't believe that it's just a well. It is a reflection of just who we are, but uh, it's more than that. Like, is there something else going on here? Is there something else at work? It's like we didn't do it on purpose, so maybe so. That would be. I'm open to that. You know, I kind of I kind of lean towards that being the conclusion that there's. Something else at work here. I don't, you know. I, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm kind of like building us up as like some something awesome. I again, I think this is just this is a conversation that would that is really for me and you. If people, you know, anybody listening, they so can. We shouldn't release this. Well, they can do, they can do whatever they want with it, but like I would. So, I'm ha- I'm I'm hoping that people don't think of it as like, oh my God, these guys are they think they're saviors? Hell no. I just feel very, when you find that you're, me being me and not being what I'm not, and being what I am uh, has, is, is this, is a sweet spot. Only I can be me and uh, I can let go of the things that I'm not going that aren't me, you mm-hmm. know. Um, 
some of which are you, by the way. So it's it's a great partnership. Uh, uh, it, it, I'm just saying it feels good. It just feels it feels really good to be of service and to be and to find more security in myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I'm saying anything very cogent. But well, I, I, I but that, I feel very. That's what I want. I wanted to comment on that because you said that at the top. I don't know how you said it. You said something about that you're not good at. Um, thinking something and then communicating it. But I think that this podcast is evidence of the contrary. Well, I, not that you're in, not, I couldn't write it down. Not that you're interested in hearing that. And I wouldn't that, give a that's speech. Why, that's not why you did that. Um, but I think that this is going to be very helpful for a lot of people. And again, that's not the point of it, but I'm just saying we do release this into the world and I do think people will benefit from it. I would love that. I also think I've been. I mean, I was. I didn't want to interrupt you. Of course, I'm thinking things the whole time. I think I've gone through everything I wanted to say. Um, oh, I had one story, but okay. yeah, it's related to that. And then you can kind of put that on it. But like, um, this story is related to being. Well, I'll just tell the story. Back when we were on staff with Campus Crusade, and every year we and we would emcee the uh, the Christmas time conference, the Christmas <laughs> the Christmas conference we called it. We should have called it but, Christmas time. But conference. then we changed the name of the conference to. We got Winter a new conference. director yeah. of the conference to come in, and he called. He was like, "We're going to change the name of it to Encounter." We're going to like rebuild this conference from the ground up. And um, so we got together. We, we as the MCs and um, I forgot all about our this. good friend Mark as like a logistics director of the main stage show. And then Chris as the director of the entire conference. And then this other guy who... Um, shall remain nameless. He was the music leader, like the praise and worship music guy this year. And, you know, we had probably done it six years by this point. And I think it was his first or second year as the music guy and Mark as the logistics guy. It was like his 10th or 12th year. And Chris, it was like his first year, but he's like a big ideas guy. And we sat in a room and we said, everything that we've done every year and we set as the template, um, for the main show program, we're going to throw that out and we're just going to rebuild it. And so like everything was being reinvented. Um, and we were, they were, we were designing everything for like this immersive experience to encounter God. And at one point, the music guy turns to us and he says something to the effect of, why is what you do important here? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And I remember, and of course, we would make annou- you would make announcements. We would make funny videos. We would write funny songs. We would have funny crowd interaction. We did comedy. If you removed it from the conference, there was nothing Christian or religious about it. And as we're rebuilding this thing from the ground up where people want to encounter God, you know, he was just, 
I don't I don't know if he was doing it for effect. I don't know if he was doing it to make a point. I don't know if he was doing it for criticism. I don't know why he was doing it, but I felt like when he asked the question, I was caught. It was like, oh no, you got me. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt completely like rejected and just because because to me it was like oh you're you're insinuating that we don't need to be a part of this that we are not a contributing factor to the main goal here what is it you do here and just for a little more color on that i believe a big motivation uh whether it was conscious or not for him to bring this up and see things in this way was the pattern that was happening over the course of the 90s and as we got into the late 90s in the early 2000s, what was happening with passion, namely, yeah. right? So passion was a giant, I don't know if they still do, they probably do. Passion was a big annual conference where a bunch of Christian college students came together and you know, characterized by like great praise and worship music and speakers and stuff. And it was becoming the thing that we were losing students to. And passion was very serious. It was very spiritual. It was very deep. And it did not have this, um, I'm not saying that somebody might not say something funny, but it wasn't centered around these two comedians who are doing these ridiculous videos and getting people up on stage and cutting their hair over the course of a week or making them drink a gallon of milk every day and try to gain 12 pounds in one week. We did a bunch of weird shit. And there was a seriousness to that movement that was happening that we were beginning to sense. And I remember thinking, well, maybe this whole like really lighthearted comedy thing was just something that happened in the early 90s in Christian circles and like it's phasing out and we've got to adjust with it. So I think that he had been to that conference and seen the way they do things and then you compare it to the way that we're up there being fools and and it felt different and maybe even irreverent. And I didn't know what to say. I couldn't, I couldn't put a defense into words. And I don't remember what you said, but I have to believe that you, you definitely, you probably had a much more, um, whether you said it or not, like you had a much more offensive reaction than then I had more a more defensive reaction. Um, I don't I don't know that you were as phased by it as I was, but like, you know, it's just I didn't see, I didn't, I couldn't articulate what I could feel, and that was, this is, this is we're we're an important part of this. We're bringing something. We have a gift to give here, and it it is important. It is important. I mean, you know, there were other people at the at the table, so making decisions more than the people I, I I mentioned, I think. And so we ended up having some nights that were like completely serious, but yeah, we still had our fun. We weren't kicked to the curb. It was just one question from one person, and then it, you know, but I I don't know. It just the echo of that memory came back to me now as like. I'm still owning and processing the fact that what, what you know we're in this we're in this um 
we're exercising we're we're exercising something that's like a spiritual practice in in our level uh in you know you know like in the way that we do things i think it's it's i don't know exactly what i'm saying but maybe i'm saying first of all it can all be spiritual you know i you know you hear about um the monks talking about like you know yeah, uh, maybe it's the the buddhist saying of like the carry water saying i can't remember what it is right now it's one about do this carry water do that it's a buddhist saying or like whatever you, you know everything can be a spiritual practice if it's mm-hmm. you know dealing you know like nurturing your plants like uh christy does or like mm-hmm, uh dusting your shelves you know, it can all be a spiritual practice. Oh, I don't, uh, that's not part of my religion. <laughs> uh, I just feel, um, it feels good to be able to say these things uh, and come to these realizations about the opportunity we have, but then it, at the same time, I don't feel an ounce of pressure. I don't feel an ounce of external pressure or just like, okay, now you got to live up to this shit you're talking. I do not, I do not feel that. And I'm not, I'm not going to let myself feel that because it's like that takes me out of this sweet spot of like um, nobody's watching. I know that ain't true, but like I, I need to, you know, I need to dance like nobody's watching. You know, hmm. I need to feel the rain on my skin. <laughs> and if I do that, if I'm true to, to, to that, um, I feel like good things will happen. I agree. Yeah. Before, thanks, Jenna. Before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. It's a Zen Buddhist uh, phrase emphasizing the need for committing to and thriving during the process of any pursuit. Chop wood, carry water. Um, I think this is a good religion, Link. Um, spiritual practice. I think that um, you know. I think that w- one of the things that you're kind of uh, that you're you're hinting at, which is so important, there's something. Um, you know, observing your animals. And learning from your animals. I mean, first of all, this is something that, you know, this is an, it is an age old practice. Sorry, I mean, you didn't invent it. Um, But uh, that's a good thing. And I think that one of the reasons that it's so powerful is because you are an animal. Yeah. Um. And I think that there is, you know, again, you're right that, and I get in my, and I do, I mean, you weren't saying this. I have a tendency to, I hear what you're saying and then the way that I work, the, the, the me being myself is hearing the things that you're saying and synthesizing it and creating a, w- a way of expressing it and thinking about it. That's how I sort of latch on to things and carry them forward for me personally. But, this is and it's ironic because the thing that I'm the observation that I'm making is that um, when we are more like our animals in the ways that you just described, we get out of our way. 
yeah. in the way that we tend to get in the way of ourselves and having true experiences uh, that you can't, I mean, I'm sure there is some sort of truth, some combination of whether it's all natural phenomenon or, or phenomena or whether there's some sort of supernatural thing that's happening. I think the point that I hear you making is that parsing that and understanding that is actually has nothing to do with experiencing it fully. Yeah. And a lot of times trying to parse it and define it, analyze it, systematize it, takes all the beauty and even some of the truth out of it and the goodness. And this is really real for us in our background because we come from you know, uh, a, a religious tradition that was was a system system systemizing God, yeah. And then within this system of 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 this organized organized religion, we were in one of the very specific strands that was the most organized of the organized religions. When you when you start talking about uh, reformed thinking. I mean, we had a book that we kept next to our Bible called Systematic Theology. Yeah. And and that used to make me feel good. From Wayne Grudem, right? Yeah. And I think that the idea was that this guy, by consulting a bunch of other really smart guys over the, over the course of history, was gonna help you understand these things that God was communicating in the Bible and help you systematize it, help you organize it, help you cross-reference it, help. And this is attractive to certain minds. This is attractive to uh, my mind. But in a lot of ways, whatever truth and beauty and goodness there is and whatever is happening with God um, I tend to think that this is not adding, it, 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 systematizing it to that degree is not adding anything and most likely is taking a lot away. And I haven't, like, I felt good about having it and reading it, but like, I've never been able to like, then say it or like, or to, 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 my brain is to have, hasn't worked that way where it's like I would retain it in a way that like I'm like actually um, utilizing it specifically. I I feel like this is kind this is kind of I'm at a point now where it's like yeah it's not it's not it's not me to be able to figure out these things or like to be able to like turn around and tell somebody about it or to like write an essay about it that would move somebody or change somebody's mind. For me, I'm realizing that that's just not in my repertoire. And, um, and I, but I shouldn't feel, I shouldn't feel bad about that. I shouldn't feel guilty about it. You know, uh, it's probably, because you have that ability, there might there might be a different uh, sh- struggle there for you, 
for me, it's just kind of like uh, the f- freedom of letting myself off the hook that like I don't have to know and I don't have to feel bad for not knowing and I don't have to feel bad when somebody asks me that like I can't even begin to p- put something together uh, that's like a response to your to that if it was a question or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, well, and, and I just think it puts me, so that that's another type of centering for me that's like, oh, who I am and what I'm able to, how I interact with everything, I can be, I can be centered and like, okay, that's just, I'm not going to go down that path because uh, I'm going to come back with nothing anyway, except guilt that I don't have anything. Well, and back to the animals, um, animals other than Lassie, uh, when they experience something, <laughs> they just come to you and they they have a way of being that yeah. that they cannot explain, right? Um, and I think what I'm saying, and and this is for, and I'm saying this to myself because it, whatever the truth is that exists. Because I do believe there is a truth that exists. There is something that's happening, right? There is something that you are experiencing. There's something that I'm experiencing. There's something that we are experiencing. There is some. There, there is truth to the fabric of the universe that we may or may not ever know. But the very language that we are communicating in right now is already at least one layer removed from the experience and is already making it a bastardized version of it. If there's some spiritual thing that you can experience, the moment that you put it into words, you have changed it. Yeah, that feels right. And so a dog doesn't do that. No. A dog is just experiencing. In fact, a dog doesn't even have the ability, as far as I know, to have a memory of the experience. They're so in the moment that they're just kind of in, they're having the experience. From, and I think that that's, that's right. That, that's what I hear you right getting there? at. Come here, baby. And so I think it's just a recognition that a lot of these things, like our, our need to understand and, um, you know, build a system to remember things, to be able to explain ourselves, to be able to defend ourselves, which is a big thing for me, is wanting to appear credible and being able to be uh, understood. These are all things that are potentially hindrances to actually experiencing the spiritual. Mm. Yeah, and it's tough for you because you're good at it. It's tough for me because I've never been good at it. So we each have our own way to get to, it seems like we want to get to the same place but we have different things that we've needed to get over in order to get there. Um, well, and that's the whole idea of there being more of a stillness and a passivity and a reception of whatever it is that's happening. Because even in these conversations that we're having about whatever is going on with us creatively and in, in making the connection between the, the creative act and the spiritual practice um, not having to define it, plan it, execute it before it sort of reveals itself. And that's a faith practice. Okay. You know? 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's very difficult for me because the moment that I start realizing something, I begin building something. Hmm. You know, I begin writing something. I begin developing something. And I, in one sense, I can't, that's who I am and I can't stop that. If something comes to me, I'm going to try to understand it and try to put it in some form and kind of throw it back. Um, but there are certain times where we're just sitting and just being like, okay, I'm sort of observing what, what is going on. And we've got some good friends who are helping us kind of process this stuff too in a way that has been comforting for me. They're not gurus. Um, they're just good. They're just good friends who have creative minds as well and are, you know, on, on their own journey. But I think that being able to, uh, when, when, I, when we see something that we get excited about and it's like, what is it that's happening and what, are we, what, are, what is it that we're experiencing and how does this translate into the things that we bring into the world, whether that's using our comedy for healing or just creating for creativity's sake, whatever that might be, um, being okay with not, being okay with being a dog, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And just being like, well, what would what would Jasper do? What would Sean, well, Sean would shit in the house. <laughs> so that's what I've, if I was to follow your religion, I would be shitting and pissing in my house <laughs> without regard uh, to anything. Uh, I would also be biting people regularly and I would be barking at everything that wasn't exactly normal. So I don't want to learn everything from dogs. Nope. Nope. Uh, but I, but I, yeah, I think that uh, I'm, I'm just very, I'm very hopeful and excited. I mean, I feel, I feel, you know, I, I think that we articulate it in different ways, and we're coming to different realizations because we are different people. But there is a, a synchronicity to what's happening that is exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just. You know, people people think different things about the word happy, and but um, r right now I am. I think I'm the happiest I have ever been in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if that. I don't expect this level of happiness to continue forever, but like, uh, I, I'm not going to forget it. Mm. And I'm very grateful for it. But I think I am the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I'm glad I'm here for it. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that wild? Isn't that special? Isn't that something? Or nothing? Hmm. Well, there it is. There it is. Let's bring it to a close. Ah, uh, can I make a recommendation? Mm -hmm. Let me know. Hashtag your biscuits. Uh, what you think about this? Or, I mean, you can tell us what you think uh, or how you're processing this by leaving us a voicemail. One eight 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 earpod one. Or you can just talk to somebody that you love mm. about this or whatever. 
man, I got a lot of good stuff that I want to recommend. What am I going to do? All right. I'm going to do this one. Um, the album is called Mother Earth's Plantasia. <laughs> 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 Doesn't that seem like the one? Because if Chrissy was given this podcast, she she might be she she might be talking about her plant religion. And I found this for her. Uh, this album was released in 1976 by Mort Garson. Mort Garson, who was like an a digital music pioneer, but he made this album um, for plants. but you'll like it too. It's 30 minutes, 51 seconds. Plantasia. You're welcome. Hey guys, I uh, just listened to your Rhett's deconstruction and uh, just wanted to say thank you. I grew up in the South watching you guys and out of the Bible Belt in a pastor's home and I've been able to explore my spirituality a little bit, and I don't know what the hell is going on, uh, but it's really comforting to hear your stories, and Rhett, I appreciate you saying what you said. It's helped me put to words some of the things that I've been feeling, so I appreciate you guys being vulnerable. Love you guys. 